that's so interesting. Ooh, that's interesting. Well, that is very interesting. Please tell me more. Very interesting. Marty, that was very interesting. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to That's So Interesting, the podcast that discusses what we think are objectively interesting things. I'm Graham, and alongside me are Brandon and Brian. Fellas, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for uh, thanks for leading us in there. I like objectively interesting. It's a good way of putting things. Yeah, just of giving it a spin, yeah. you know? Of course you would, Brandon. Of course. Well, I'm doing well as well. Uh, let's get the show on the road, boys. Right on. So, Brian, I think you got your little uh, introduction to corporate social responsibility, which is going to be the general uh, theme of the podcast for today. And staying in line with themes and brands, I am a type of person for the audiences listening that doesn't prepare much. So we are going to wing through this and you're going to hear my very unscripted and uh, passionate perspective of what CSR is. So corporate social responsibility, for those of you who don't know, Uh, from my lens is really when an organization or uh, a company or even an individual that's linked to a company donates money back or does something along lines of like philanthropy to a community or to social good or to better um, kind of just the public space. So it can be both for the benefit of the company, and more times than not, that is the benefit and the reason why they do it, um, than opposed to just the community, but uh, both sides do reap a reward. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty bang on. (laughs) Thanks, Brad. So to get us rolling here, and something that I know I've seen all over newspapers, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it, it's there, is the great debate around straws, first of all, and eliminating them but then second of all kind of praising and then suddenly a fall from grace from starbucks's actions over the past couple kind of seven to ten days so figure we'll start off with this and we'll go in a little bit more companies and do a little bit digger deeping so for those of you who don't well before we get into that brian i kind of want to know like why CSR or corporate social responsibility is so important to you. Like, why should I care about this at all? So that you don't get scammed. Um, <laughs> that's my <laughs> cynicism talking. But uh, more times than not, uh, many people buy into this. Oh, look at, for example, the Royal Bank of Canada doing a blue water project and donating 10 millions of dollars uh, over X amount of years. Well, their annual profits are be astronomically larger than that. Like, it doesn't even come in. That's pennies to them over the course of X amount of years, even if it's more than three or four. So really, it's just making more of a PR stunt than actually doing a greater benefit. And I think that's why it's good to know what corporate social responsibility is, but then also to be a little bit skeptical of it, to really analyze what the impact is of what organizations are saying that they're doing. Right. Okay. Fair enough. So in the case here of Starbucks, which we'll get into is uh, we've seen probably over the past year and a half, two years trend. uh, And it really kicked off with a bar in Toronto that eliminated straws from their nightclub. And then there's been more and more kind of social pressure to come forward. And we've seen all the images coming across our Facebook accounts of 
the beachgoers pulling a straw out of a sea turtle's mat or nose, um, mm-hmm. save the turtles. You see that kind of everywhere. And uh, Starbucks was one of the first major, I'll say, fast food, but coffee chains that have jumped on um, this bandwagon because it's it's more difficult for somebody to be able to take a beverage out without a straw than it is to like kind of give them a beverage in a restaurant and still be able to consume their drink. So it was kind of a milestone that everybody was really celebrating at first um, of saying, great, they are eliminating their straws. Okay, so what next? And when they launched their new um, their new cups, everybody was celebrating. I couldn't tell you how many people on my social media were blowing up and praising them, except for a couple of people who were spot on of saying, how much more plastic are these different cups using compared to just a straw? And what about, for example, people with accessibility needs? How are they going to be able to access access Starbucks? Right. So we're not going to get into the accessibility side of it to start, but it will probably come up in conversation. But what I want to know from you guys right off the bat is, do you think uh, Starbucks has made the right move to go strawless? Yeah, it's it's so interesting, right? Like, correct me if I'm wrong, you probably know a little bit more about the financial side of it, right? Uh, when you guys mm-hmm. took straws out of Bomber. Um, I don't believe it's a huge financial impact for them, right? They're not saving a whole lot of money by getting rid of straws. You can correct me if I'm wrong. They will be probably spending more, like they will, it will cost them more to get rid of them and do the new lids than it will. Like we're talking for all of Starbucks combined, if you took their expenses for straws and match and compared them to their revenues or even just the drinks that they were selling that included straws, that wouldn't show up on a financial statement in like three to four decimal places for a percentage, like 0.00001. Right. That's how little of an impact they would Right. Have. So now we can kind of look at that and take away that financial argument and say, okay, maybe these guys are actually doing something for good, right? Maybe there's actually positive thought process behind the removal of straws. Do I think it's a good thing? I think it's interesting to think about you read a lot of articles and a lot of the critics are kind of saying, well, straws aren't really the big issue. Straws aren't the biggest pollution of plastic that we have in the ocean. It's bags, it's um, non-recycled cups, it's those lids, right? It's all these other things. So yeah, for reference, one of the like highest, I think it's in the 50s or 60s percent of plastic in the ocean is from fishing materials, which most common day people do not consume, do not touch, do not use other than their consumption of the fish product or some sort of seafood. Right. So in limiting straws, it's not as simple as, oh, okay, we're saving all the wildlife and we're stopping global warming and ending all this pollution. We're not. But I think it's a step in the right direction, which is where we need to be going. But it's not the end all mm-hmm. be all solution. It's only a step in the right direction, and it's a it's a small change, but I think it's a change um, for better. And you mentioned the lids, right? So now these new lids, from what I've been reading about, actually have more plastic involved than the straw and the traditional lid. However, it's made of a polyurethane that's more widely accepted as recyclable, mm-hmm. which is a benefit. So if people do their due diligence and recycle these cups the way that they should be recycled then it could actually have you know a better effect on the environment less of this stuff is going in the trash less of this stuff ends up making it to the ocean because if people are just throwing it in the garbage 
doesn't even matter. The straws are going in the garbage. If these cups just go back in the garbage and these lids go back in the garbage because people choose not to recycle, it hasn't done anything. It's only put more plastic into the ocean. Graham, what are your thoughts here? Well, for me, looking at it from a, a business perspective, I think Starbucks picking up on the trend of straws is huge for them. And I think it was a really intelligent you know, PR decision, essentially, to hop on on this you know straw banning train and just ride it for as long as they can because you bet there will be a good number of people who will be into going to starbucks because they have that psychological shift that they're doing something good so therefore they will have that no fat 250 degree mocha espresso uh, i don't know i don't go to starbucks (laughs) that much but um you know they're going to do that because they have that psychological investment in saving the planet. Right. So So now this is a marketing thing, right? Now we're talking about being a marketing stunt. Right. Yeah. Which how does that sit with um, you? Which for me, I'm fine with it. I, from a business perspective, it makes sense. And so I'm fine with it from that sort of lens. Now from an environmental perspective, I think it all comes back to actually breaking down what are the more significant aspects of ocean pollution and, you know, environmental impact in general. Uh, So like one of those things, for example, would be actually charging and taxing corporations for dumping their pollution and waste in, you know, bodies of water and other areas that are sort of out of sight, out of mind for a lot Mm -hmm. of people but again make up a lot more mm-hmm. pollution than the, the straws ever would or will but so here... i think it's fine to shift that way because in theory this will reduce pollution overall assuming that people can recycle and you know do all that sort of thing properly but for someone to really make a difference it would have to be more than that so i'm fine with starbucks doing it but I don't think it's the solution. We can all just now twiddle our thumbs or something. Yeah, and I think this is the thing that the I actually had a really good laugh at it, but it's also the thing that pisses me off the most. And what that is is it was hands down a PR stunt because if they actually cared about participating in corporate social responsibility, they wouldn't have switched to a plastic lid or continuing with a plastic cup for their drinks. Mm-hmm. I can tell you right now, not by fact, but by estimation, that they spent more money on an engineering consulting firm to find the right lid that will keep their foams and their whipped creams and their toppings looking beautiful than the money that they would save in straw purchases alone. Um, right. And the thing that blew up in their face, and this is why I find it, found it really funny, was the fact that when people actually dug into, hey, are they doing this for the public good or are they doing it for a PR stunt? It was a complete PR stunt because they're using more plastic. So many, especially in North America, our recycling efforts are so behind that if there's even a a little titch of product or grease or food waste or even a half full Starbucks cup that gets thrown out, that whole batch of recycling is thrown out. It can't be recycled because it's now contaminated. So instead of taking their money to go in and say, 
hey, let's go and figure out a way that we can have a product or a container that can be environmentally sustainable, can be biodegradable, um, even in the trash where there's limited oxygen environments when uh, in the landfill. Let's figure out that solution. They went, no, let's go with an easy fix. Let's celebrate it, which happened for about 48 hours, 72 hours. And then all of a sudden it slapped them back in the face, which then in turn, they came back around and now have launched a partnership with McDonald's um, being kind of, this is, this is historical and we're celebrating this as a society, but really we should be shaking our heads at them that it's the first time that two major retailers have partnered up to go and figure out a solution to plastic waste and coffee cup waste to figure out how we can become more sustainable. And it's like, this isn't a new issue, folks. If you're actually staying in tune with the public good and really wanting to keep your pulse on it, like we should have been here 10 years ago figuring this out, not in 2018. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the one of the cool yeah. things that Starbucks is doing in the UK is um, they're they're testing it in some cities, but they're actually starting to charge. Uh, I believe it's five. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna screw up what the actual um, currency is in Britain. Five yeah, quid. Yeah, sure. No, not five <laughs> quid. What's like five pence? E- Euros? Pounds? No, pence? Is that like cents? Five pounds. That's what no. I got at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, they're charging for cups. So much like in grocery stores, how are their grocery stores are charging for a plastic bag, right? Starbucks is charging for a cup. Um, just another way of pushing people to move towards bringing their own reusable cup. Like that's that's the direction that's going to save plastic mm-hmm. waste. That's the direction that's way more sustainable. Encouraging consumers to bring their own cup, giving discounts for bringing your own cup, like getting rid of straws. <laughs> You know, you think about the difference between bringing your own cup and getting rid of a straw. It's not even close the yeah. environmental impact that you're that you're saving. So, but if I'm a consumer who's able to even go to Starbucks to begin with, am I really going to care about paying for my cup on top of my drink? Probably not. Like I'm paying almost a hundred percent to sometimes two hundred percent more for a cup of coffee at Starbucks than I am at, say, any other like neighborhood non-specialty coffee shop you know what i'm saying that is it like will that really ignite change well but i I don't know you're kind of but now you're kind of suggesting that people with affluence don't care about the environment and i don't know if that's necessarily true no but i'm comparing it to plastic bags sorry this is where my thought process went in my head and i didn't say this out loud how many people do we still see at the grocery store just say yeah i'll take four or five bags just toss it in because it's such a minimal impact on their daily purchase that it's right. But how many more people? Yeah, yeah you're but, now charging. The, them. I think the inverse is also true. How many more people now do you see bringing reusable bags? I no, I completely right? agree. I but I just I think it's more tenfold. of a patch. I think it's more of a patchwork than actually fixing the problem. If we want to fix the problem, let's get rid of those cups that are going to cause or those plastic bags a negative impact on our environment altogether, as opposed to what still I, offering them. What I think is really impactful, though, that could be done with that sort of strategy of you know influencing or trying to add value to bringing your own cup or travel mug or whatever is the starbucks could be a really good champion and again benefiting from the pr from all this for other organizations that offer more um affordable cups of coffee day to day so if they create or or develop a business model that works for this I believe, yes, they'll have the first mover advantage, you know, the mm-hmm. benefit of doing this first, but it can create something that 
other companies that maybe you know have a tighter bottom line yep can confidently engage with also and maybe through that way it can actually create that change not through you know one organization doing this but actually being the first mover in an in industry right. shift yes and the volume too right there I mean, I see it from the industry that I'm fortunate enough to be a part of that eco or compostable containers or even just goods in general are priced so much higher. And that's not because necessarily they cost more to make. It's because the volume produced is on such a lower level compared to the one-time use items that there's not enough volume for those organizations to sell to make it worthwhile. So then therefore the prices have to go up. But if you get a major retailer or multiple of them, sourcing these right away the product cost for every other consumer and even daily grocery shoppers will notice coffee cups to purchase for your home from a a reusable or compostable lens will become much more affordable instead of now right now we're probably looking at about 100 to 150 percent more per cup um, to purchase an eco-friendly or an environmentally friendly cup coffee cup compared to the one-time use ones so yeah that's it's interesting i think uh i think at the end of the day though there does need to be a little bit more pressure on these and and it can only come from the society from us as a society to band together and provide these harsh criticisms and recommendations to get to where we need to go in terms of um i think creating that environmental lens or that corporate social responsibility lens and in some cases, this really need to hand these organizations ideas on a platter of how they can actually improve their products without them yeah. having fear that they're going to push clientele or their consumer base away to not purchase from them anymore. Yeah. Definitely. I think one last comment for me on the Starbucks side of things, it just has to do with my perspective on CSR in general, which is doing something that's going above what the law is Mm -hmm. and we we know that in some places it is in the process of being piloted for straws and some other plastic colorier materials around the world to be just straight up banned now whether that's the right decision um, is an entirely different discussion i think but you know for me it comes into question if if this company is doing it and doing it because the municipality or you know the the province or state requires them to is it really corporate social responsibility mm-hmm. or is it just them staying ahead of the curve getting the pr and meeting the standards for which they have to operate right. correct uh, like look at b is it was it bc who brought forward a motion at their provincial legislator to ban uh, plastic straws yeah, bc has california has um and there's a couple other uh, province and state governments that have, that yeah. have opened the conversation at least. I think Seattle yeah, yeah. You're really... uh, and Washington have as well. Uh, West Coast living. Eh? Graham West hit it right Coast, on the head. West though, Coast, though. man. What can I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> Graham hit it right on the head, in my opinion, of going above the, the law. Um, and that that's an interesting point that you raise because it's already been introduced as at least in terms of discussion that it may be a law in the coming months or maybe years, hopefully just days. Um, is it like, do, is it still corporate or social responsibility from that lens? Uh, 
Yeah, exactly. So something to keep in mind as, as we go through some of these other examples and topics that we have today. Um, so that kind of leads us into, we've touched on kind of marketing and PR. And another one that we wanted to bring up was uh, Domino's. And oh, for Domino's. those of you who don't know. Second episode, everybody... second mention. Let's go. I know. Two I'm for trying two. to get that sponsorship. Uh, they have donated money to, and I don't know the cities exactly, so fill me in on the details here, fellas, if I miss any. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they have donated money to essentially fix potholes um, in cities to uh, create more uh, sufficient infrastructure for the community. And on top of that, uh, for some of their potholes that they get to fix, if they are large enough, they actually get to slap down their logo on top of them, which I thought was a funny fact. So uh, do we view this as kind of corporate social responsibility as well? And like, is this for public good or is it kind of in line with, you know, where we got to with the Starbucks of it's just scraping the surface kind of sort of but more of a PR stunt? I'll, uh, I'll, fill, I'll I'll comment on that. I'll fill in the cities just for a second. It's Bartonville, Texas, Milford, Delaware, Athens, Georgia, and Burbank, California. So quite a big reach. But is this another is wait, this another wait. marketing because publicity stunt? Because you stunt? eat pizza? Because you eat pizza? Or because you actually believe it? <laughs> well, like, again, so where Starbucks is getting rid of their straws has a direct correlation to their product and their end user. Domino's filling in potholes in the street is so ridiculous, but it has nothing to do with their actual pizza business, right? So this is something that they're going out of their way not to give people food or free food, but to improve people's quality of life. Um, And they're doing it in kind of a funny, witty way. Yeah, I think that's corporate social, social responsibility. Is it a marketing effort? Is it a publicity stunt? Absolutely. Um, of course, they're putting their logo on all, all corporate the social responsibility is though, right? Uh, yeah, I would say they're doing a lot of good for their pizza delivery folks yeah. <laughs> who don't want to screw up their order on the way to. The well, yeah, maybe that's maybe maybe um, they had a lot of complaints in uh, those four cities about the quality of the pizza post delivery. Maybe a couple uh, a couple meatballs are out of place. A couple pepperonis had fallen loose. And for the record, on those potholes, on top of their logo, or by their logo, it says, oh, yes, we did. Yeah, I think that's awesome. That's fantastic. How can you not love that? Yeah, let's get some dominoes. I don't see Famosos doing this. Puts a smile right on my my face, yeah. It's a quirky and fun way to help, I think, as as a person who commutes to work not very far but still commutes to work running in potholes sucks so yeah. much that that makes your life so much more enjoyable on your way to work on your way home from work and also to have that brand recognition on the street heck yeah i'm ordering stuff or uh, ordering uh, dominoes next time i go 100 yeah. i won't forget about them yeah. but yeah I, I i totally agree i think this is a fantastic idea it only makes dominoes even better the next thing they could do is just run a stuffed crust campaign that, uh, I don't know, stuff in potholes, stuff in your crust, buy some Domino's. <laughs> oh, yeah, we stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that or gets maybe, past the focus. Or, maybe, <laughs> or maybe they're stuffing the potholes with their uh, stuffed uh, stuffing and stuffed crust, whatever the cheese is. 
Now, the one thing that I will say, though, is that I would I would lean that this is more of a marketing campaign than more of a, a corporate social responsibility mandate of the organization. I think it hits on CSR a little bit, but it definitely isn't done because they said, hey, what's a big problem in society that we should fix um, to give back to our community and for the betterment of our society? It wasn't, hey, let's go do potholes. It was probably potholes are a thing that we find kind of annoying. How can we get our brand on this to have an impact and to also be at the front of mind? Yeah, for our consumers. Yeah, for, but oh, I don't think that takes away from the fact that it's CSR. No, no, no. I just don't think that it makes it um, so much so on that philanthropy scale that it's solely for um, philanthropic. I can't even say that word, but you know what I'm trying to say: efforts, um, as opposed to. I think if it was like if one on one end was CSR and the other end was PR, I would put it more like a 55-45, maybe a 60-40 a split in, in weight of the PR side. Okay, well, what would you, given that same scale, where would you put Starbucks effort? Oh, I would put it at 100% PR. Okay. <laughs> 100%. I wouldn't even let them take any credit for, for CSR for their efforts. I'd give them... They're damaging the environment worse. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd give them a 15% um, only because That's you could recycle nice. the lids. If they're clean, yeah, I think I think <laughs> I think it's tough to really assign a value to, to that to any of this. But but I think something that I found really interesting, uh, I'm just remembering, and and I have it in front of me here, uh, analyzing share price growth mm. in companies since 2010, and I think Domino's has revolutionized pizza and the food industry. And the stats back me up when I say this, just because it's such a competitive industry. Since 2010, that growth is 2,092% positive change no way. for Domino's. Compared to Netflix, which is 1,753%, along with the other tech giants like Google and Amazon trailing those. Boys, we, we missed so the train really... on Domino's stock. We missed the train. We really did. So everyone who invested in Domino's around 2010 Good for or so, you. Good for you. Pat yourself on the back. Good for you. Yeah, give that a ripple. But yeah, what I'm getting at with this is I think it's just remarkable that a company is doing things, maybe like filling potholes and you know, marketing and getting PR out there that way, which I know are two separate things. But, you know, they're, they're investing in good strategies that are obviously doing something right. Yep. I 100%. So speak, speaking of kind of getting your name out there for public good or giving back, um, let's talk about, let's go first with Tentree, but then we're also going to kind of get into a little bit of Adidas as well, because they've done similar things with their product, with certain segments of their product lines. But first, we'll start with Tentree. Um, for those of you who don't know, Tentree, you buy a piece of clothing or an article from them, they plant ten trees. Simple as that. Pretty easy. Um, what do we think? Well, for me, I think they had pretty much in my memory as a young adult, the first mover advantage in this sort of CSR, doing social good sort of business model. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure there were others out there around that time, but they did a really good job positioning themselves as uh, 
company in the competitive clothing industry where they, they set themselves apart by doing something different, which is planting the trees while you buy clothes. So people can feel good, quote unquote, about, you know, shopping or whatever with them because they're changing the planet for in one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. That's the point. There, you're right. They do get the first mover advantage. And it was really revolutionary when they first came out with the concept. Do you think it's kind of lost some of its luster because everyone else has started to do similar type things um, to where they've lost their advantage? Or do you think that they're still seen as those kind of first movers who have not only great product, but have a great kind of CSR background? Well, I think the first mover advantage trial has ended. Like, you know, that's not why they are still where they are in the industry, I believe. Uh, I think it's the business model that they have and everything now that that is running that show. Um, just thinking, comparing, you know, other clothing companies like uh, Lululemon. I know they were trying out clothing with recycled materials and that sort of thing. Even specifically, ten trees of purchase has spread to other industries. Like I have a watch from the company Truewood, mm-hmm. and that's the exact thing that they do. You buy a wooden watch from them and you plant 10 trees. Uh, and they explain why getting a wooden watch is still beneficial for the environment with the 10 trees offsetting the use of wood to create the product. <laughs> and they understand how potentially hypocritical that sounds. Um, but they do a good job uh, explaining that in their frequently asked questions on their website. I, I think, you know, there's still a lot of value out there with this model and i think it sort of comes back to just consumer behavior and what people really want right now mm-hmm. and and i i think what that is is maybe this warp perspective that you're making a big impact while living in your little consumerism first world country utopia bubble the one interesting thing that I didn't know about Tentree that I only found out from talking with friends who did tree planting is that all those, I shouldn't say all, a lot of those who do tree planting um, in Canada actually hate Tentree. Um, they think it is the most useless uh, incentive, mission, connection, whatever you want to call it, back to the environment ever because of how many trees actually die when they're freshly planted that a lot of them don't actually survive and that's why tree planting is a that's why tree planters get paid so little per tree but also why we have so many tree planter planters year after year um, that 10 trees really doesn't have a big impact overall when you're looking at the long-term effects on our uh, environment because that they're a lot of those are going to die out of your 10 trees so that was an interesting note that i had received however i do own a 10 10 tree shirt and i can say that i've owned it for probably four maybe five years uh it's still one of the most comfortable and softest shirts that i own that's held up to probably wearing it once a week maybe once every two weeks um so it is a, still a very good quality product which you know in, incentivizes me to continue purchasing from them mm-hmm. yeah i guess i don't really know of the fact that maybe a majority of the trees that I plant through Tentree would die, would dissuade me from purchasing with them. Correct. I think, you know, even if one survives, it's better than the company who plants no trees. Right. Right. Yeah. 
what's the lesser of two evils in in when you're purchasing say for example t-shirts yeah yeah as long as it's competitively priced mm-hmm. and see i guess i guess part of where the line is is if part of the revenues from a t-shirt sale so you bought that shirt right so say mm-hmm. a comparative shirt at north face is ten dollars cheaper for example i know that's not mm-hmm. the case but say it's ten dollars cheaper and that extra ten dollars is going to plant your 10 trees a dollar a tree for example does it still have the same effect knowing that part of your t-shirt revenue is going towards planting the trees or would you rather have it where the company frames that part of their own profit is going towards the tree has to be part of their own profit. right because otherwise what's be. the difference of me has going to, to a tree planting company saying i want to plant 10 trees or i want to donate you the x amount of money for you to go and continue to play right, without having to buy the shirt 100 percent. i don't know i don't know if i agree entirely because again i'll just come back to the idea of the simplicity and ease of access i think some people are genuinely more content to sit on their butt in their bed like i am right now and go to tentry.com and click order then go through the process and be gratified with a product that's going to arrive at their door soon. Then go through the process of just going to a tree farm. Right. But mm-hmm. now we're talking about that's it fair. being like Tentry using that as a competitive advantage rather than a philanthropic effort. Yeah, they've, they've tied it in very uniquely, I think, um, to, I think, capitalize on what Graham is saying exactly of, hey, a portion of our, of our proceeds, whether their business model was this way or they changed it to every shirt you have the option of donating money on every purchase to go and plant trees, regardless of the way they've created a very unique proposition um, to frame their company to say, Hey, we care about the environment and we want to give back with your help, whether that's through purchasing our shirt or making a donation and you know, the ease of doing that. I mean, how many times Brandon, you don't drink, but I know for me, every time I go to the beer store and they're like, Hey, we're doing a collection for so-and-so charity. I'm like, yeah, sure. Throw like two bucks on it, or I'll buy the I'll buy the the bag of nuts so that I know it's going to a charity, uh, and I'm perfectly content with that because it's so easy. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to log onto a website. Don't have to click anything on my phone. I tap my credit card and I walk. Right, but you don't go there because they have those things. Like you don't buy those products because you know that you're going to be donating to a cause. And I think that's the same thing with Tentry, though. They're in a lot of retail stores that people don't seek out Tentry just to do the tree effort and for them to give back, I think... I don't know. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people will pick a Tentry shirt over another shirt purely because they have the Tentry donation. But people also pick because of fashion, because they like the shirt, they like the design, they like the color, so on and so forth. Maybe I... So that if you're in a, a retail store and you say, hey, I want this shirt because I like the way that it looks compared to any other shirt on the rack, you're not making that decision... Well, I shouldn't say all the time, but some of the time you're not making that decision because you're going, oh, this company is going to give trees and plant 10 trees for this one T-shirt. You're going, I'm going to purchase this because I like the shirt and I want to wear it and it's going to be an everyday shirt. And then the secondary benefit or the tertiary benefit is going to be, hey, guess what? They planted 10 trees because I purchased this. Right. And I was and I was in that small subset of people. I thought the 10 tree products were great. I thought their T-shirts are great. The logo looks great. Um 
and I was really interested in their clothing before I even knew about them planting the 10 trees. So I would agree. Yes. I was in that subset, but I think it's a very, very small subset today because of how big their brand is. And anyone buying yeah. a 10 tree shirt, you know, I feel like the large majority of people are aware of kind of what they're doing um, with regards to planting the trees. So it, to me, it, just, it, it always feels like it will be a competitive advantage for them. And it, mm-hmm. it just takes away from the social good. You know, it takes away from the person doing social good. It takes away from the company um, doing mm-hmm. social good. But, I mean, that's just my opinion, I guess. Yes. I'm going to take a quick poll about the um, Adidas Parlay. I'm going to call it Parlay. Parley shoes. Yeah. Or Adidas merchandise that is currently... Uh, it was launched about a year and a half, two years ago, yeah. from my understanding. Yeah. And it's shoes that are completely made out of uh, ocean plastic. And I'm taking this right off of their website currently. Um, that they only use ocean plastic to create these merchandise that they sell. Um, well, quick poll that well let's, let's, that's not, that's not hundred percent true. Um, okay. Cause it's not completely made of like not every single material in the shoe is ocean is plastic. plastic. Fair. It's only the components which they can use. So like, um, I'll talk about their, their ultra boost line. They've got a, it's the upper of the shoe, but it's not even it's just where the you would upper. Normally have the It's not even just the upper. It's like a small portion of the shoe, um, that actually uses the recycled ocean plastic. Would you actually look at it? Because the entire outsole of the shoe is boost. Like that hasn't changed. That's still the same technology they've been using. Great technology. Correct. It's the foam. Um, then the laces aren't the ocean plastic. Um, so you're talking about part of the upper because the most of the upper is prime knit, um, which is the same knit material that you find on a lot of other Adidas shoes. Um, you could also find it in a lot of their basketball shoes. So it's like the ocean plastic is woven into certain areas of the shoe. So that's why when they say that it's completely made of ocean plastic, to me, it's really, really misleading because I don't think that's actually the truth. Now, are they using ocean recycled plastic to help build these shoes? Probably. Sure I hope so. so. I hope they're not just taking empty water bottles um, from recycling bins and using them. I hope they're actually taking water bottles from the ocean or from bodies of water um, and putting them into shoes. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a great product. I think it's a great idea. I think that's another one of those huge competitive advantages. You know, the next time I go to buy a running shoe, I every time I go into Champs and Foot Locker, I always look at the Adidas Parlay line because I think it's a fantastic idea. I think it's a fantastic product. Um, they haven't sacrificed quality and performance for the integration of the ocean plastic. Um, mm-hmm. It just rubs me the wrong way sometimes how they might oversell it um, and people think that they're buying a shoe made completely of recycled ocean plastic that's when fair. really that's not the case yeah right yeah i guess they're using the language they're leveraging language to their oh absolutely it's very very liberal right <laughs> which is fine <laughs> i think but at the end of the day what are your what are your feelings solely about you know purchasing an everyday item like a shoe that we all wear every single day that you're able to know that you're using 
ocean plastic or ocean plastic was used to be able to create these and you get to wear them every day to cut down on um you know the fishies oh yeah oh yeah absolutely i think it's fantastic thumbs up or thumbs Thumbs down down. thumbs down i'm sorry thumbs up thumbs up thumbs up (laughs) thumbs down on fishies dying thumbs up on saving the fish for sure so i i agree with that statement obviously save the fish thumbs down on fishies dying um i don't know if i as a consumer would spend to get these shoes because what do they retail at about 200 bucks oh, more than that for the ultra what 250 for the ultra boost yeah if you're looking at uh i think the 250 yeah i think it's 245 to 245 to 2 probably 60 depending on where you're going okay canadian right. and so maybe it's just that recent student mentality <laughs> that i'm surfacing out of but i i've always had great success with um with like other running shoes, shout out to Saucony and the Breakthroughs right now. They're doing great shout for Shout out to But they also retail for about $120, $130 less than right. that. And so maybe I'm just over-rationalizing this, but I would be a fan of finding an organization that literally just does ocean cleanup <laughs> and work on that and donating 100 bucks saving 30 and getting shoes i know work for me i i hate to be this guy but once you're done with your shoes what do you do with them oh i throw them out brandon well i'm a bit of a hoarder but i guess eventually my mom throws them out (laughs) (laughs) so that i in theory that plastic is still ending up in our landfills right agreed that won't ever be able to be broken down and that's just me being the the uh the negative nelly over here but at the end of the day i agree with graham that i think the price tag on them is too high for the average consumer to be able to afford them but i think their intent they're right on the money with the intent yeah it just comes back to that um similar concept with the coffee cups that more organizations need to be using this type of material or utilizing plastic in their goods in order for that cost to come down on your average everyday product yeah I agree. And that's, and because the price is so high, it makes me feel like, again, it's a publicity stunt, right? Like you're paying a premium for this product. Nothing wrong with that in terms of a business. Um, but I don't really know if it classifies as CSR, Mm -hmm. right? Because yes, you're doing social good. And if they really want to do social good, they would just take the bottles out and do nothing with them. Right. Or, or take the bottles out and do something I don't know, something more creative, not putting it back into the product and charging the consumer more. Yes. And I think you also have to look at the product life cycle, right? Of what happens to this product from end to end of its life cycle. And if we're at the end of the day, just using more trash or, or um, not recycling these materials um, to their fullest capabilities, then it's just going to end up back in the landfill and then not going to be able to break down was well, that really corporate social responsibility or right? You know. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think that's why it's important for people to have these types of conversations about what companies are really doing, because it's unfortunate if somebody's led astray and hasn't really been fully understanding of what you're saying, Brian, the product life cycle, right? Like they think that they're taking these eight plastic bottles out for good. Right, but in reality, they're just prolonging its inevitable future of ending up somewhere in the landfill. 
Now, I do yes. know that I remember it's either a class or I was somewhere where we were watching Nerd. a Nike ad and um, or it could have been New Balance. I think it was Nike. Anyways, they were doing a re- You're really good at They were doing time. a recycled shoe program. <laughs> and for every yeah. shoe that consumers turned in and recycled to Nike, like shoes that they weren't like shoes that they would have thrown out otherwise. They were taking the mm-hmm. rubber from the shoes and the outsoles and the cushion and all that stuff and using it to build a track, a running track. Yep. Does that sound familiar to you? Yeah, Nike was doing it and Adidas did it I, for a little bit, yeah. I believe. They were also doing it with playgrounds, the base of playgrounds. Right. So when kids fell, it was a soft substance. Right. So that is fantastic. And that is proper recycling. So if you know Adidas all of a sudden turned around and said, look, you know, when you're done with all these shoes... You know, we have another use for them. You know, then mm-hmm. I think that would be taking the next step into making their product even better. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and and I guess even creating a bigger competitive advantage in the marketplace. Yeah, that's next level right there. I th- and I wouldn't be surprised if we see that in the, in the coming years. Yeah. is that is their next step? Once I mean, they they just hit a million products sold of their Parlay brand just this year, and for Adidas. That is like literally such a small quantity for them to even be able to make a big impact on. So once that number actually creeps up to the, you know, the 10 million, maybe 10 million plus mark, that might be their next step for them once they know that consumers are actually purchasing. Yeah, yeah, it has to grow to a, a larger audience. Mm-hmm. Um, now, speaking of a larger audience, uh, a really interesting <laughs> corporate social responsibility that we want to look at before closing out today uh, is actually uh, Pornhub.com because they have or had uh, a really interesting promotion, really similar to Tentry, <laughs> where I believe uh, based off of 100 videos viewed, they will plant a tree. And so... How uh, many trees it, have you planted, Graham? You know what? I, I don't. I think I should really <laughs> focus on the corporate social responsibility part of this, Brian. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I think it is really interesting because obviously, it's a, <laughs> it is a massive audience that Pornhub, you know, reaches, and so they're basically le- leveraging their position to make an impact in the world that goes above and beyond what they need to be doing is this marketing or pr or is this actual csr work it probably falls in in all of those categories yeah like we said at the beginning though csr really doesn't happen without pr work it has to benefit it's a win win and win and win for everybody the consumer the public good and society and also the organization in order for i think something to actually fit within csr otherwise it would be simply philanthropy yeah, that's valid. I just thought that was a really interesting example that it was worth uh, touching on before we, we close it out today. Most definitely. it's. Uh, I think the really unique thing about it is it has no direct link back to the products or services offered, depending on what type of user you are. Um, mm-hmm. That... Uh, Really, trees don't impact their business model in any way, shape, or form, unlike people that we, or the organizations that we've touched on. Potholes affect delivery people, or even just you know your regular consumer bringing their pizza home. 
uh, straws affect the way that people are consuming Starbucks, Adidas and their shoes. This is like so beyond the scope of what their business model is that I think it's fascinating that it's like, I, I sorry for any of our parents listening, but it's like strokes for trees. Like that's literally could be their tagline. Well, and here's, and well, here's, here's the it's one, amazing. here's the one tie in. I think you'll wood see wood. they obviously hold a very large web server. Um, and as we know, like having a lot of internet space, um, does take up a lot of energy. For sure. So planting the trees could be a way of making up for their carbon footprint um, if you're talking about their impact on their business. But you're right. In terms of the impact on consumption of use, yeah, very kind of dissimilar and separate. For sure. And I don't know, I'm not speaking from personal experience here. Of course not. But I don't know how many people are considering the environment when they go to watch an adult video site. Like literally to go watch porn. It's just like I don't think that's ever been at the top of right. anybody's mind, unless you're like David Suzuki. <laughs> <laughs> and even and even our good friend David, yeah, a good Suzuki, friend of the show. Yeah, I I think even he would succumb and push the environment out of his mind at some point during yeah. that process as well. Yeah, yeah. I, that's just not something that you're focusing on for have yourself a good time i like i don't know no no definitely not. but email us but... email us uh at that's so interesting pod at gmail.com if you are one of those who does think of that i feel like this will be ben's, your ben's favorite part of the uh of the podcast <laughs> would love to have you on to pick your brain absolutely yeah so that probably wraps up our uh second episode of that's so interesting podcast um, as always, if you want to get in touch, any questions, comments, concerns, obscene gestures, uh, shout out to uh, Dr. Luke Patorka. You can email us at the uh, that's so interesting pod at gmail.com. Always uh, able to get in touch with us and keep up with the latest happenings uh, on Instagram at TSI Podcast. And uh, yeah, we've had a fantastic time discussing our customer service, or sorry, I, corporate social responsibility. Corporate, I'm blanking on CSR, corporate <laughs> well, social responsibility I was opinions. Just let you recover there, but I guess <laughs> he's new, guys. It's his first time. I'm so used to being a customer service representative. Hashtag Disney does that. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks, jo- go out there and plant some. Yeah. Trees. Don't forget to stroke it for trees. Get out there and play, kids.